0: To the Juan 101 podcast. On this show, we break down high performing strategies,
1: influential interviews, and try to develop discipline, mindset, and character traits. Please welcome your mostly Latino, somewhat literate host, Juan Guadarrama. A most highly anticipated immigrant story posted about it got a lot of feedback inspired by mother's day my dad told a cool story so uh, decided to do this not as any pity handout type of story it's to kind of share pretty much every latino's uh history of how they got here and kind of what they're dealing with. And hopefully to motivate and inspire you to keep jamming, keep going. And for anyone else to maybe give you a different perspective and perception of what it feels like it means to struggle or live, whatever, however you view it, as a Mexican-American, probably any Latino, in the United States. Um, I guess we'll start with my parents. Well, Floor and I are both first gen here. I was born here, Floor was not, Lucas was born here. You came over home. home? I was six years old. At Lucas's age, Floor made the trip to come to the United States. My parents came here in 89. Do you know what year your parents came? Can't remember. But we're gonna go back far into the story as much as I know. I don't know how much you know. But, again, we uh, were sitting at the dinner table and we asked my dad, hey, tell us about your parents and your grandparents. And the story goes, his grandparents, middle of Mexico, central Mexico, and state of Mexico. Uh, Labor workers, farm workers, uh, general household maintenance uh, for for wealth down there. Most of our family in Mexico takes care of pretty much luxury and high-end living and business owners and it kind of translates to where when they come to america it's a similar feel and i'll go into depth to how that has helped us achieve and get us to where we are now and it's insane to the things that we get to experience with lucas now nuts um my grandpa and my grandma on my dad's side didn't know how to read my grandma went to school for two years and learned some math. So then she became like the management of the household. My dad's side is five siblings. My mom's side is seven sisters. And my mom's side, uh, my grandparents, they're both teachers. Let's say middle class, a little bit more of city folk. Um, but they were. Often away, and my mom and the siblings kind of had to fend for themselves, my grandparents on my dad's side I passed away. my uh, great grandfather or my sorry, my grandfather, my dad's dad, he died when my dad was mid twenties when he say like twenty five mm-hmm. He died from a a ladder accident, fell off, hit his head. Bleeding out of his eyes, nose, just internal brain bleeding, can never recover. So, throughout young adulthood and on, I was not able to have a father figure, hence my grandma's stepping up to the plate and holding it down as a father figure, which happens a lot in Latino households. My, grandparents on my mom's side still live doing well both still live in mexico we are from both sides of the family pretty much the only ones living in america with like second degree cousins somehow we all have second degree cousins that live here i don't know how and you just assume anyone that's is like yeah, i don't know their family you don't really ask questions what about your grandparents
0: um so i come from a very small town way down south in mexico called oaxaca um well that's the city but my town is really really tiny i grew up there with my grandma and my grandpa we lived in a house that was made out of adobe with the straw roof on top um, it was really small it was my grandma my grandpa my mom my dad myself and i think my dad's parents or siblings as well there's seven siblings on my dad's side and there's five on my mom's side. My mom's family also lives in that same town. Um, On my dad's side, two of my uncles have passed away, so now they're just five siblings. My dad and my uncle, his closest brother, they're the ones that live here and the rest of them are still living in Mexico with a lot of cousins. Let's see. My grandma and my grandpa, they didn't go to school either. So I don't know. They kind of just figured life out together. Didn't know how to read? They didn't know how to read or write any of that. So um, that was
1: insane to me. I don't know if that was insane to you. Like, I mean,
0: that's that's the life.
1: Two generations ago, no one in her family knew how to read and write.
0: That's true. My parents, I think both of them only went up to like third grade of school in Mexico, which is insane to me too. I don't think my mom finished stuff. high
1: school. My dad, I think, finished. Yeah, he did finish.
0: Your dad did, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and not till, like, our cousins are, like, the first ones to go to college. Yeah. And we're the On first ones side. to go to college here, which is insane. Yeah. It's so, like, if you dig in, you're like, damn. Coming here, you, like, take it for granted. And you're like, I don't know, I just go through the system like everyone else does realizing how far back that goes two generations ago we didn't know how to read and write is nuts. Um you did what both sides of your parents?
0: Yeah. My I don't think my grandma and grandpa on my mom's side knew how to read and write either. I doubt that they went to very far in school.
1: How far did your parents get?
0: Third grade. Like what would what you learn in third grade? Nothing. Basically nothing. And Just barely enough. And then you
1: start labor work. Yeah. Um, my mom, so my parents in Mexico, my dad started, uh, he's a mechanic, still a mechanic, industrial mechanic. He, he started like a handyman, general f- fixing fridges, um, f- f- household items, being able to do handyman work. And my mom helped him with that. So she really has no technical skill ability. And the, the only thing, and this, this is what. I attribute any of our success to is the only thing that you know how to do is work hard. You don't know how to manage your money. You don't know how to really plan for the future. The only thing you do is you put your head down and you work with whatever constraints you got. It doesn't matter. You get up, you have to go do something. That's kind of like the only rule. And the way it works is... (laughs) All your money just goes back to the head of the household. You give your money to the head of the household and you go, all right, I don't know what's going on, but here's all my money. Take care of us. Here's one roof for 10 of us. Whatever the, or whatever the thing is. Um, my dad got lucky and was a little bit smarter. He knew how to read, so he taught himself all these uh, things to do with his hands, um, which allowed him to create opportunities for him once he got here. Did your parents do any sort of self sitting Not really, I mean, my dad
0: would have to go into like the, the bigger part of town and he worked at a, something like a liquor store. It would be like, he would run that. That was his job um, and then he worked there too because that way he could provide some groceries for home and bring it back. Um, my mom and dad got married really young, so my mom just instantly became the housewife basically learning how to
1: cook and do everything and that's the culture i mean we they all know this but like that is legitimately the culture you get married you start having kids husband goes to work the, the female stays at home takes their kids and that's pretty much it. it's a wrap you have a bunch of kids and hopefully one makes it <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so moving forward my parents got lucky in 88 uh, the word on the street is Ronald Reagan was allowing labor workers—I don't know whether it was the whole country, but at least to California—and my parents had a like distant family member that had just decided to, to dip. The the mentality there is, it's a f- for sure long stretch, but if you can make it in America, you have like evolved to the next step. But it's a big risk. And I would say it's probably riskier now than it was then, just cause the accumulation of time and things and the internet and news and all that thing. Anyways, uh, there was a window of time when six months where that distant family member said, you need to come now if you wanna come legally. It is very hard to make it in this country illegally. So they were able to make it there. The person running the farm, they ended up working picking grapes and just general agriculture was able to give them papers so in 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 our world that is huge if you have that piece of paper that means everything floor story is different
0: yeah but <laughs> well, your parents were pretty fortunate with that my parents um had no help in that they i mean my dad had really no education so the only thought for him in advancing his family was moving to America and trying to make it. Um, so he came over when I was three years old, so that was what was born in '91. So, 1994, he moved to the US. Um, I think he had a couple friends that were already here, so he found a way to like network and find a place to stay here and found work to, again doing manual labor. I don't know if you No, babe, but there used to be like street corners where Mexicans would go and just stand and wait for people to come. Yeah. I mean, it's still, I still see it on the way to work when I drive. Um, so he would do that for a while before he found his actual boss, where he like now manages their property basically. Um, so he came here alone at first. So I was three years old when he left, I didn't see my dad for three years. And my mom was kind of just at home taking care of me and my grandparents, because we were all living together still, and he would How send. How many people in the house? Um, it was just the three of us at that point, because I think my other uncles had like different houses around. Um, it was just the three of us. Yeah, my grandma, my grandpa, myself, and my mom, so the four of So my dad would send money back whenever he could to Mexico, and this was before we had like cell phones or anything too, so there was really no form of communication so, honestly, for like three years, I didn't really know what was going on with my dad. Um, he had this really huge tower at home for a CB radio. He had one here, and we had one in Mexico. So, that's the way that we would communicate literally, like tuning the radio.
1: And he still does that. Each other. He has that in his <laughs> truck and he walkie-talkies in the walkie talkies of Mexico. <laughs> on some Mexican ass shit. That's some part Mexican of his life. shit. People so still do part that. Of that's how life. they
0: communicate.
1: But like that that type of job and that type of lifestyle still happens. So when you see a bunch of Mexicans, they, the cool thing is that like once you come over and you know someone, everyone kind of takes you in because they, they know the similar story. Like, Yo, I don't know no one, I'm trying to make it. I will sleep on your floor. And this is where you see like way too many people living in a two bedroom apartment. And everyone's just trying to make it and because they're sharing rent, they can kind of survive. And everyone's just looking for work. Someone's got a job there. hey you can come clean a house over here. So the women's side is cleaning houses and taking care of kids. And the man, the men's side is heavier labor work. The, I will I don't know if you wanna say luckier, or smarter ones. You see them try to start their own business. So you see like landscape guys, right? And you buy one machine and then you buy another piece of equipment. And then that family that hooks you up, gets you another house that you can go do landscaping. You kind of just, Start building up and building up the only thing that you know and you go off of is I need to keep working and I need to work hard and this is this is all I got and this is it and it's not really like You're just in survival mode and this is not knock on any of our parents, but Then you start seeing like they're so worried about surviving That it kind of affects the development of the kids in the system as well And it's just like this weird juggle of how are, you, how are you making it? And to get to where we're at, I'm, I'm, now that I'm a dad and old and I'm like, I look back and I'm like, this is insane. How are we at wherever we're at with the help that we got, you know? Now, I was thinking about like giving insight on how we've gotten help to get to sports teams, get to the schools and i've always had this conversation with my mom to where and i don't know if it's similar with your dad where dad goes to work he doesn't really interact with too many people because he's just working and you're out by yourself you live at work what happens with the women or at least my mom and my aunts is that pretty straightforward you're working for an american family a white family and they see your work ethic and they understand that you have kids. And it's really beautiful to see them reach out and kind of explain, hey, here's a culture, here's what you should do with your kid. My mom was working for this one family that um, they, they were pretty well off and I happened to play soccer just like her kids. And I don't know, if she either saw me play one time or my mom was telling her and I was low-key pretty balling and she's like, you need to put your kid over here. I wasn't playing club soccer. Club soccer is like everything. I'm like club soccer costs money. Anything that costs money, by the way, you're not allowed to do. Shoes. You have one pair of shoes growing up. You don't have like cable TV. You don't have. You don't get to go out. You like the weekends are stay at home and clean the house and mow the lawn. Like that's what you get to look forward to. So any freedom that you got as you grow up, you're like you went ham. So you don't have a lot of those things, a lot, a lot of like what Lucas gets to You don't have your own room? Are you insane? There's no way. Your own room? Get the fuck out of here. Um, But because my mom was exposed to American culture and constantly being in their household, and I got lucky enough to work hard and be blessed with some sort of g- genetic ability to play sports, I got to play for free for club, which then opened up the doors for me to be like... Well, maybe you should go to this school because uh, my first two schools are public schools. My first, my elementary school, you can't really get into trouble. Elementary or middle school was a bunch of Latinos, I and mean, when unfortunately, what happens with a bunch of uneducated people and and parents who are working, there's not a lot of tension with your with your kids. So you start getting in trouble a little bit, and this is the era of gangster rap. It's not like rap nowadays when they're talking about dancing and shit. Like you, you're trying to be a thug. Like you, you're dressing in dicky. You're looking at the culture. I grew up in Santana, which is Mexican as fuck. So you just start mimicking the older kids. That's like you can see my attitude start to change. The music I'm listening to. My parents are getting worried, and like yo, we need to get you out of here, and. Straight up, and not to offend anyone, it's like, yo, you need to stop hanging out with Mexicans, you need to go with the white kids, they're better, better behaved. So then you get sent into, into, uh, into the jungle, high school, into a Catholic, very privileged school. And I remember in the beginning, I fucking hated it. And then realized the opportunities that I was getting of, uh, like I would visit my friends at their school, their school was so bad, I could walk on campus, sit in class, and no one would notice. I would go hang out with Rigo in his class, and the teachers would not know. And just walk around and spend all day with them. Like, this is nuts. Ours was gated, and we were wearing uniform. Uh, so then I like, I realized, yo, I, I I'm lucky to be getting all this other stuff that no one else is getting. I remember everything was about college prep. I was playing soccer on varsity as a freshman. I was student body vice president. I was doing all these things, was, for some reason I was motivated enough to do those things. Uh, and right there, like me switching schools was a split difference uh, of what direction I was gonna go. And just cause like a little bit of help from someone, like, hey, you should do this instead of that. Floors is similar, whereas mm-hmm. is harder, like well, n- well. neither of us, <laughs> New English going into school. We only spoke Spanish because our parents broke, uh, spoke broken English, and w- and family speak Spanish at home. It's true. What was your schooling like?
0: Um. Well, backtracking before I don't know you went on a tangent on your whole story over here, but anyway, my fur when my dad came here, he came here illegally, meaning he risked his life literally walking through the mountains to get to the United States. Had he had the opportunity to do it legally, yeah, of course he would have done it that way, but we didn't have that. So he walked days through the desert to get to California, established himself here a little bit, and then he sent for my mom and me um, to also come and join him because we had nothing going on back at home either. So I finished up first grade in Mexico. I literally had my school like right across the place from where I lived. There was like a little river that divided my house and the school that I went to. So then when I was six years old, I came to the United States with my mom as well. We had a couple of different attempts, also illegally, but the first of which was using someone else's papers, basically. Um, We got caught, I think the first time we were sent to a detention center, not as bad as the ones that are popping up on the news all over the place right now but it was still bad, you know, like being treated like a criminal when you're six years old, isn't very fun. Um, but we made it and we met up with my dad at some point again. And that was really nice cause I had not seen my dad since I was three years old. I saw him again when I was six, um, like you said, I knew no English at all. I had to be thrown into school, just speaking Spanish, thankfully. And this is also why I teach right now too. I had a really awesome second grade teacher who was also um, Hispanic, and he took the time to be able to teach me English, aside from all the other kids that he had to teach, and he really helped me out. Um, and so that was I, I loved him for that. I still keep in touch with him, actually. He really was a big help to me. So anyway, um, you're thrown into school. Being six years old, you know, absolutely no English. I had to learn really fast, though. Um, I was going to a predominantly Latino school, in elementary school, so that was nice. It kind of felt like a community. Everyone had a very similar story there, Um, and when I was in fifth grade, there was some sort of scholarship program happening at my school, and someone from Crossroads came and gave me this opportunity to come to Crossroads, a super privileged, super amazing uh, private school. So they offered me a full scholarship to come, middle school and high school. I don't think my parents really understood how much that meant back when that opportunity was presented. But at the time, my dad had started working for this boss. Um, They were a married couple that have a very big estate in Malibu, I guess, that he runs. And they told him, like, you need to take this. You need to send her there because it's going to be a ver- a better opportunity for her.
1: life-changing opportunity.
0: Huge, huge life-changing opportunity. So my parents filled out all the paperwork and everything, and I got sent to Crossroads. And that was a complete shift for me, too, because I had gone from being amongst all these people that I felt very familiar with to going into a private school where I was the odd man out. Like absolutely, I was one of, I think there was eight at the time, one of eight colored kids in the entire school. Um, So that was really different for me, but the education that I got there was really valuable. It helped me uh, in everything really. The way that I thought, the way that I saw life was a lot different simply from just switching
1: schools. It's mind-blowing. Because before, it's like you're in this small bubble. It's a small bubble and everyone's closed off. And the, the way I view it now, it's just, it's unfair because it's a limitation of education. If we look at like our grandparents and our parents, is like they did the best what they, they could with the education that they had. And like just trying. And a lot of the time what happens is just frustration for them. So they get angry. So you can't really, we can't really blame them. And it's just. So a lot of Latino households, the dad or like mom, one of them, at least one of them, is like angry all the time. Uh, But because they get frustrated and they want you to be a certain way based on the culture that they came from, because they know that's a a method to make it through life. But once you finally are out of like scarcity, with both of the high schools that we went to, it opens up like the whole new world. Like reading and writing and applying to colleges or stepping on college campuses was like insane uh and I, I still see like unfortunately most latino campuses and schools don't get to experience that or don't know what that's about right so
0: we were both very fortunate to be able to go through that and i don't know if you remember this or if you ever had to do this because your parents kind of knew some spanish but i was like eight years old translating fucking legal documents for my parents because my dad speaks very broken english but my mom speaks zero Zero
1: English. But by, by the time I got into high school, my dad had been working enough and he had to read and write so he could manage on his own. Yeah.
0: See, I'm saying, like, my dad still couldn't
1: do that. He can do that now? I mean... Or, like, the way that they do it is they just convert Spanish words into English words and you're like, what are you saying? So you kind of make fun of them out of love. Uh, but they still do that. They just make up words and you still understand them. And you're like, what are you saying? I'm just trying to figure it They're out. Trying to figure it out. Um so in high school i think the both schools are are pretty much college prep yeah and i don't know if you saw the difference between your friends not going to a school like that just like what are you gonna do i don't know start working or go to community college and we're over here applying to 10 different colleges because that's what we've been primed to do and luckily we went to lmu like looking back now i'm like that's that's nuts that's insane that's like a a top school in the area uh i was lucky because i was playing soccer i wouldn't say i was the best student i was the okay student but all my extracurricular activities got me got me in the in the door uh but to step onto a just i would say even just step onto a college campus was is a huge achievement you're the first latino there yeah and then you're like you're still you're still in this small demographic of people and what happens is you all find each other all the time somehow people together because people uh, you know you know the struggle um, and I think the, the there and then come a, a, as you get older you start to Teach your peers about kind of your culture and your community a little bit everyone gets a little bit more open to to understanding which is kind of cool um, but for sure without the help of fucking people that care there's there's no way we would be at where we're at now and we and we still get help being first generation parents with a a child. A, here as well which is cool um all right so we're at high school our parents are there would how do you think your brother feels or has felt the same way or do you think you going through the system first helped definitely i mean he's experienced something
0: completely different because he was born here i had a brother hasn't felt the same right exactly i mean like we still have the same family and all but he never to struggle the same way that I had to struggle and just I don't know if it was the same for you but like being the same the first born in the family too you're kind of like the guinea pig (laughs) and then your siblings kind of have it a little better because now your parents know how to go about raising kids a little better and then you're also the older ones, so you have to take care of them and you know better because you've already assimilated into the culture here so it yeah, makes a it a little protection easier for your, yeah, for your siblings. siblings. So I think that my experience and his experience have been completely different um, and I mean I was still illegal all the way up until well, college, it. I, it's still
1: for the dreamer kid, so that dream act is for
0: I mean, basically I didn't go through the dream act to get my papers
1: But wasn't it like, if you're born here as a child, but you had no choice?
0: Yeah, that's, I think that's the promise of that. But for me, it was after, what, like 13 years, my dad's boss finally put in a request um, to be able to make him legal here. And so we went through that whole process. And it took literally like 15 years, actually, because even after we applied, it took a while um, for us to even get our green cards. And it was just... Me and my dad, they tried for my mom too, but because we had gotten caught at the border, um, she wasn't able she's to. pretty much forever illegal. She's still living in the shadows, literally. We've tried like every, every option that we can and there's just everyone that we talk to, every lawyer, it's just like, sorry, this there's nothing of... I can do for you. Even though we've been here for over 20 years, this is the place that she calls home. She still doesn't feel like she's at home because She's always living in She fear. won't
1: drive or go to the airport, barely gets on the bus because she's scared she's going to get deported. Pretty much. Let that sink in. You can't live your life because you're scared that you're going to get kicked out of the country. And at this point, if any of us go back to Mexico, you have nothing. You're starting from zero. Nothing. And what happens a lot of times, like my two aunts, they came over on a vacation visa and then they stay and they're They're illegal here forever. They can't leave. They, uh, like Flores mom and a lot of us haven't seen family from Mexico for years. years. I mean, we're talking about 20, 30 years because they won't be able to get back. And at this point, this is the job that they have.
0: This is where they have life. This is where they built their life.
1: No social security, no benefits from the state really. At all. At all. They pay taxes because they want to keep a good record. My parents pay
0: shit In taxes. case
1: in case that you can become legal with zero benefits. You know what the plan is for retirement? They're counting on us to make it. There is no retirement fund.
0: None.
1: Zero. You're living, you're risking it all, and you're just like, hey, I got this amount of money, I'm I'm gonna try to make it, I don't know what's gonna happen. Or everyone just moves into one house and they keep working until they die. Mexican households will keep working until their fingers and their legs and their arms will fall off. And even then your grandma dies in the corner sitting in the house. There's no you can't, there's no money to send them to a senior living home.
0: Even if there was, I don't think. Would, they just, still would not take it. That's, you,
1: would, you would go to hell, by the way. <laughs> see? It's a s- scarcity. Not scarcity. It's a... Survival mindset of, I gotta wake up and work every day. And, that's not, that's not for anyone to feel, feel sorry for us, cause we don't feel sorry for us. We feel fortunate with anything and everything that we have. And as a Latino, Flor and I, with everything that ever happens in the government and in the world, we're just happy to be here. All Latinos are just happy to be here we're happy enough to have enough health to work that is it our job the way i see it is we have that down but now it's time to level up because otherwise we're going to repeat the cycle and we're going to stay stuck we need to move on to be financially intelligent be homeowners i would say like my parents my parents have a house which is making it oh yeah to have a house, is like you, to own a house is making it. You made it. That—that's that's the American dream. dream. Your kids go to college. You, you get a house. You can die now. You made it.
0: My parents are still living in an apartment.
1: And we'll get to that, and we'll get to that point. But it's like, don't have all the tools, and you don't have high-paying jobs.
0: Not at all. Barely like
1: making less than minimum wage a lot of times, cleaning houses, doing work that goes... Well, sometimes it gets talked about, sometimes it doesn't get talked about. Everything behind the scenes is what we do. And not too long ago, Lucas was three, Flora was still cleaning offices, helping her mom. One, because we needed the money for daycare, and two, to help her mom, because she also has kids, young kids. Uh, and the feeling is, if if that's what we need to do, we will do it. it does, if we need to work, if it was an eighth day, we would work eight days a week. Doesn't matter. And you're looking for work anywhere that you can find it to get through. And don't want you to feel sorry for us at all. Because we don't fucking feel sorry for ourselves. We're in the trenches making it happen. And that's what motivates me. It makes me very passionate about all the opportunities that... I create for, for myself, that you create for yourself, that everyone in our generation is creating for their family. And it's very exciting, and the, the next level that I feel fortunate of is like, yo, I have those tools that help other kids now. Yeah. Whether it be my peers or younger Latinos who I know are going through the same thing, like, yo, man, you gotta do this. Stop being, sorry, stop being a little bitch. Like, you have a healthy body, you can jam fucking make a difference and it, it's not like both make a difference in your community in your relationship uh how to be a better person uh i'm i i encourage and i'm on the male thing because also we'll talk about the stereotypes and what ha- happened to us and, and i think we're doing a good job of breaking it and like read a book dude
0: read but
1: try to get better I don't care if you're tired. I'm tired all the time.
0: Our parents were tired all the They're time. Tired, They're still tired. I'm tired
1: all the time. Um, okay, so let's move on to kind of the adult. Well, that is the struggle. And every step of the way, you feel very grateful for everything that you get. Like, to have a car, was insane to have our own apartment was insane remember that so okay let's go back to the timeline let's come back to floor and one meeting each other and the the struggle of like how am i swimming how am i going to make it and i think for the longest time it was a little bit shameful and i didn't want to talk about this but i quit soccer i went to the military i'm trying to i'm this young latino kid who's trying to make it in the world with not a lot of guidance then, and, yeah, that's, and I have a lot of energy. Well, you know I have a lot of energy. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know what to do. I need money, we're broke as fuck in college, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So, Juan well, decides to start selling drugs. I got money now, doing dumb ass shit, partying, not having my ha- goddamn head straight. And again, this is why, I'm very motivated and passionate about the things that I do now of waking up early and studying and trying to be a good father and a husband and, and, a, and a member of the community. And I have this kind of thing on my shoulder of like, don't judge me how I look. That's why I go extreme and I'm trying to get all tied up, but I'm going to try to prove to you. I am going to prove to you what I am about and and show at principle what the work ethic and what my heart stands for and what my family stands for uh and then somewhere in there floor pops up jumps into the picture and decides and i don't know floor can clarify this story but the first time she leaves home freshman year she ends up with this guy and then moves in with (laughs) them Uh, I was a little bit more fortunate to Okay, so here's a here's a, a, a very true stereotype That is probably going to hold true for a very long time Guys, Latinos, you're allowed to leave the house Girls, Latinos, not allowed to leave the house Not at all they're Because like, you're going to get pregnant Hence, Flo's <laughs> pregnant again That is what happens And that's the fear So Do you want to tell put this part of the story And how you ended up here? <laughs> I don't
0: be much that we met
1: my sophomore year. <laughs> Floors freshman year. Start dating. She moves in, uh, and then the year I graduated, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By that time, I have done the Marines already. So I'm also very proud of myself. But by that time, I've already broken a lot of barriers. I played D1 soccer. Uh, I went to the Marine Corps as an officer. You got to go to college for that. And there, you're solo, dude. There's not... Think about how many Latinos go to school and then decide to go to the military as well. Very few. I crushed that. I'm still too immature, wanting to party and do all this dumb shit. So I'm like, yo, I'm not trying to do that right now. So then, finish finish school. Uh, I studied business. And I'm like, I don't want a job. That's stupid. So then I start working at a gym. Who the fuck works at a gym? You know how much money you make at a gym? Nothing the dumbest thing you do. because a short, ugly Latino in Santa Monica. <laughs> the odds are against me. I
0: don't
1: think your are <laughs> I mean, it's not the smartest route at that time.
0: No.
1: Right? right? But I don't want a job, <laughs> and you're like, "Well, you." This is pre-floor getting pregnant. And I'm like, I like to work out. I'm trying to. I'm trying to fi- find my path. There's one thing that is at least for sure that I found. it's Like, I'm not willing to do anything that I don't like because I can't put the effort. Yeah. If I find something that I like, I will die until I make it. Hence this fitness thing that I'm on right <laughs> now. And, and knowing that I can help people because I'm disciplined and I have a, I have a strong mind and I don't really let things bug me. Uh, and that stems from just trying to survive. Like I can't get emotional or, or let emotions affect me trying to make forward progress. And that's, that is the number one reason why I can navigate through whatever tough territory that I need to to navigate through. So right? Just through. I just have to finish. So cut to the hardest part of our life, I guess. Floor gets pregnant. I'm barely making any money. We're not married yet. You're you're at the point of the stereotype to where I don't know what your thoughts were during that time, but do I dip? Do I stay? Do I get married? Do we have this kid? Like what what do we do? All in like one second. I don't know. And it's probably it was probably worse for you. You're the one carrying this child, finding out you're pregnant, and we have nothing yet. Yeah. We were still living at the Havelock house? Uh,
0: no. I think we were living with my parents. So
1: we lived with Floor's parents for like, what, six months? Yeah. As I started personal training. You make nothing. You got Floor, me, her brother, mom, dad, five of us in a two-bedroom apartment at least, it was, two bedroom.
0: <laughs> at least it was two bedrooms <laughs> when we first moved here we lived in a tiny studio apartment like way smaller than our first place and it was my mom my dad and me his brother and his wife so it was five of us in this tiny yeah i remember being
1: <laughs> in a two-bedroom apartment with my dias yeah and there's, so there's usually two-bedroom apartment there's at least six people in and out just to make it because no one's making dough and you're just like trying to stack money in case something bad happens. A lot of families are one emergency away from being broke and on the streets. That's true. One away. What were your feelings and your thoughts when you found out you are pregnant?
0: I was scared. I cried when I told you. I mean, I didn't know what was gonna happen. Same thoughts went through my head. Is he gonna stay with me? Is he gonna leave? What am I gonna do with a kid by myself if he leaves?
1: So then at that point, and fuck, proud of my goddamn <laughs> self, and you're like, alright, am I gonna be a shitty guy? And did? It? Or am I gonna just fucking fight through this? Flo- what Florida didn't know, what she knows now, is I wanted, I've always wanted a family. My dream was to have a truck full of kids. What do I have now? <laughs> a truck full of fucking kids. And the reason I want a truck, because in Santa Ana, the main street, Bristol, on Sundays they would go cruising and it was either lowriders or trucks with subs that are tinted windows. So you're like, yo, that's the dream. That's the fucking dream right there. Now I got my goddamn truck with two kids in the back. Stunting. Anyways, so I was like, well, I gotta get married. Got no ring, got no money. You gotta move out of this, you gotta move out of your parents. So then I freaked out and went to, so luckily I was doing okay at the gym. I was coaching soccer, then I was like, damn, I need to get a real job. What makes money around here? I guess firefighters make money. I don't know why I didn't go. I think I didn't go trying to be a cop because I had sold drugs and never got, uh, I got two tickets for weed, but then you go to weed school and it gets expunged or whatever, but I'm like, yeah, there's no way. Like, I got to do light detector tests. I'm I'm fucked. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be a firefighter. So I would go to work. What were you doing? You were going to school? Yeah. I would go to work, I would go to EMT school, 30 day accelerated EMT school, go back to work, come home, study for a month. Fucking shoot myself in the face. Luckily, I had gone to boot camp, so that's what it felt like. Uh, And that's probably an episode I wanna do later, but a rite of passage for males. Like you gotta go through some shit. So that like when tough times come again You can navigate through and not get crushed And that's what I'm seeing right now People are just getting crushed Anyways, different topic Did that, worked on the ambulance for two days Quick I'm not doing shit, I'm not picking up dead people This is dumb I was getting so frustrated Like how do you get to this point you, you guys are dumb Let me save you By the time I get to you as an EMT You're dead Let me save you before you get there Like I, I know how to do that and everyone who works on the forest is out of shape. And I'm like, yo, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm early twenties. I'm not 17 trying to be a firefighter. This is dumb. So then I quit that. At that point, I moved to the second studio gym, right? Yeah. Second studio gym, making a little bit more money. We finally moved up out to a studio apartment,
0: which is
1: huge, which was big for us. We had, we went from just having a motorcycle, to one car to two cars so we finally had two cars which is huge we didn't have to do the carpool thing we can do more stuff and accomplish more things went to that second studio i'm still coaching soccer you had lucas somewhere in there
0: yeah you started working as an emt literally the day that lucas was born that was and then the i went to work the, the next day
1: because i'm like yo, it's the second day of work i can't call out the second day of work i gotta keep going Floor had a baby. We had gotten married five days, ten days before. Yeah. Floor's fully pregnant. We're, we're doing the whole Mexican thing. Uh, but at least we're married. I'm like, all right, well, we're in this. We're kids, 22 and 23, 23 years old. Yeah. Which back in the day is normal, but in America and modern day, they're like, yo, that's early.
0: People judged us for that. Oh, we for were judged sure. for
1: sure. And I'm like, that's fine, I don't care, let's let's go, let's play this game. Um And then one day, I drove past Deuce, and then, I don't remember what I told you, so you know, I'm going to work there. Pretty much anything, I go, hey, I'm going to do that, I go and do it. So I started working there, quit soccer, started jamming on that. Um... Floor. At some point, got a job at Piper, which was very helpful because up until then we only had one income, so that helped kind of boost up where we're at. But that part of the story is changing the narrative of because growing up, especially here, what do you hear young young parents do? Dad dips away, mom stuck by herself. You're now limited because like, okay, you finished college, but really, what do you have? You really have nothing yet, no experience. And you're starting off the bat in debt with a child. You're not supposed to make it. We were not. You're not supposed to make it. Uh, And then I was just, I'm fortunate enough to be surrounded by monsters and people who are really smart and share that wealth with me. And (laughs) I know I'm not. I don't have a high IQ, but <laughs> because I'm dumb, I can outwork anyone else. And I'm gonna learn what I need to in order to survive and perform and, and be the best one I can be. Lucas, okay, so what? We got, we get living at the other apartment at this at time. Studio apartment, yeah. Studio apartment. Lucas lives there from one to three. Four? Four. Four, four years there?
0: Yeah,
1: we're going for four years. No room. The the only other door was the bathroom door,
0: and the kitchen door. The kitchen door. Was the kitchen huge. had a door. Yeah,
1: two doors. <laughs> no bedroom. And at some point, I just got like, yo, this this is this is too small. When we moved into this two bedroom, it was like Jesus Christ, we have a house.
0: Basically, we can each go to our own. Right? In the own
1: corner, <laughs> even though everyone follows me into the kitchen. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's
0: a different story. Okay. <laughs>
1: um do what how do you feel your relationship with your parents evolved changed during that whole time well i mean
0: when i was little i was brought here I, i didn't know what we were getting ourselves into um but i'm forever grateful that they took the journey that they did because otherwise i wouldn't have been presented with the opportunities that i have been now i Looking back, um, I mean, now my cousins are graduating and going to college in Mexico, but I don't know if that would have been the same story for me. I could have easily fallen into the same story it's that my mom Because it's had. a different time now. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, thank you, mom and dad, for bringing me here, for giving me the opportunities that you did. I remember when we were living in that studio apartment too, like we were still not making a lot of money. My dad was the only one working because my mom was still a stay-at-home mom with me. So he was barely making any money, you know, just enough for rent, just enough to get a little bit of food on the table. And I will forever remember that I would complain like a little fucking shit about the food that we ate because it was always like cup of noodle soups and eggs and that's and all that after, we had to And eat.
1: you, you buy a cup of noodle soups now?
0: yeah like that was literally all that we were eating and i remember complaining to my mom about that i'm sorry mom (laughs) i know that
1: well it's funny because that's the shit like that you want now it's true can you make me the fucking thing all I want
0: now is my mom's cooking but um i know that they always provided the best that they could even though it wasn't much it was what they could give me so thank you for all of that and now Growing up and becoming a parent, too, I understand. the everything. Everything, the perspective just switches. I, I realize that they did what they did for me, for our family, and you know I will forever be grateful for all of that, even if our relationship wasn't the best growing up because you know, they weren't necessarily happy when I left home. And I don't think they really... Well, oh, hold on. You
1: need to go back <laughs> to that. Flo gets into LMU, meets his boy... <laughs> And leaves home and disappears. Hold on, she forgets this part of the story. She disappears. What? A year? Six months? A year? She no, disappears no, from her no, parents no, no. for a long period of time. And who's to blame? This guy over here. She comes home and now she's pregnant. It
0: was, no, it was not like that. It wasn't. Clear. <laughs> What's it was that? that? Okay. <laughs> There's just. The same thing with this whole like immigration story though. We came here, your family assimilated a lot better into American culture than my parents did my Well, Yes, yeah, the
1: biggest difference is we have papers. Like, yeah. you need to understand that that is a huge difference. Latinos that have papers and don't have papers, it's way big, bigger advantage and disadvantage. I
0: mean, like your parents came, they assimilated, they bought a house, like they were trying to make it happen here. My parents came here, were also trying to make it happen, but they still had a very, like, mexican mindset you know they weren't necessarily trying to become like business owners or find a way to advance themselves in america it was just okay we're here in america we're making dollars so we've got more money now here. That's but they yeah, still didn't have a plan
1: the perception of mexico is if you have dollars you're rich
0: exactly and i mean like part of my dad coming here too was making money so that he could send back for my grandparents because at this point he was also taking care of my grandparents so he was sending money so that they could finally, after we moved here, he started making a real cement house. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: So the the that that's an important one because as you become a young adult, your whole family's dependency is on your shoulders. It gets transferred to you.
0: Exactly.
1: To where now it's on us. Hey, we got you to where you're at. We're almost retired and we got we're we're getting old. You guys need to make it because none of us have a retirement fund. Um, yeah,
0: we're gonna.
1: And you care. buy a house, and then your parents move in, and that's 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 it. that's it. So you better make it, and that that's that's the cycle that happens and happens and happens over again. To hopefully, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Because we're only one. Lucas is generation two in. Um. But anyway, back to the point that
0: I was trying to make. So my family, my parents actually, just didn't assimilate as well into American culture. So they didn't understand a lot of me growing up as a teenager in America. It's so different for them than what they were used to seeing with like my cousins or other family in Mexico. Um, so like me being kind of rebellious at some point and just...
1: And it's like dreaming, baby,
0: you know? Baby
1: rebellious. Like the
0: things that American teenagers do, like wanting to go out all the time, partying with my friends, blah, blah, blah. They where, are where are you going?
1: Why are you going out? It's Friday night, stay at home.
0: So we... At and point, as a girl. <laughs> and as a girl, especially as a girl. My brother has it so much different where now, like my mom, the first time she found out I ever got drunk, she was so pissed that me, she didn't talk to me for weeks. But now my brother like comes home and he's like, "Yeah, I drank. I'm drunk," and he's still in like uh, what high school when he's telling her that, and she's fine with it. So, um, so our our relationship kind of shifted a little bit. Me growing up as a, an American teenager, I guess. Um, so there were some bumps in the road in our in our relationship, especially with my mom. So that's where that whole story gets a little hazy, why well, I don't love talking about it.
1: <laughs> and it's uh, everything costs money, so that you're, like, you're not allowed to go do stuff. Right. That costs money? Yeah. No, don't go. You well, know, actually,
0: right. I mean, I think both of us started working really young too. I remember I started working when I was like 14 years old. Is that even legally allowed? I don't think so, but I had a job when I was 14 and I was trying to kind of stack some money on the side for myself. Um, but my parents never really taught me how to save money. Well, they still don't know how to do that oh, yeah. to this you, day. You
1: never, you never talk about money. Ever. You never talk about relationships. You never talk about your emotions. You never talk about communication. You never talk about the future. You don't talk about anything, except for like work. <laughs> that is it. You don't. You don't get taught these things. It's not. It's not part of the culture to to learn and talk about these things, and this is again a motivator for this video and then the future of like i'm now trying to reach out and mentor people and, and even now like our parents generation of like hey you guys should be talking about this stuff you know why you're unhappy because of this this and this and you're trying to run away from it no oh, that's dumb <laughs> well you're still mad aren't you i and, but again it's not it's not fair to them that's not how they grew up and they're so it's a different mindset. It's a the different. feeling is very stubborn, and as we all know, like as we get older, we get stuck in our ways. Uh, so it's a lot more difficult to to get out of that mindset and mentality. Um, another thing that happens is they want because they worked so hard to get here. They want you to get a real job. So everything that I was doing it was again my my parents were pissed at me. My mom was a little bit more understanding because she's. She saw the doors that it would open up, and my dad's like, no, you need to go get a job. So for the longest time, probably up until maybe the last two years, he's like, what are you doing? Until now, like, he sees the fruits of my labor and, and being able to provide for a family, and like...
0: You bought yourself a truck.
1: Buying myself a truck was huge. Why are you buying that? That's expensive. I'm like, yes, but I have money. Let me do that. Let me have this. I haven't money had anything. Little um me so it's, it's mentally harsh because you don't have the support and you don't have the tools to, to go forward with it. There's no following your passion. It's, you better be a, the best street sweeper ever. That's, that's the conversation and that's it. And you gotta wake up tomorrow. I don't care how tall you, you are. Wake up tomorrow and the, sweep the street again. And that's kind of like the only advice that, that you get.
0: Work hard. That's Keep, it. It. Keep working.
1: Keep working. Um, I don't think, I don't think either of us did, uh, got taught or understood how to raise a child. No. Oh, you just winged it, and I remember, (laughs) we got in the car, both parents left, and you're like, so we, we go home now? You guys are not coming with us? You didn't. You didn't have that thought, like. I
0: mean, my mom helped us out for a little bit. Are of you
1: guys days not days. gonna come over, or like, well, how does this happen? Oh, good luck. You have a kid. You're on your own. Um. Okay. You're 22 and a 23 year old trying to have a kid, not die on you. Hi, huh, Lucas. Yeah. And okay, now we're on kid number two. Um. Okay. So we get to that point. I don't even know where we're at in this story.
0: If we're here now. We moved to our new house. We've got Lucas. I'm working at Deuce. I'm working at Piper.
1: And I think the the story now starts to change. And I think our parents view us way differently than before. Uh, and now the conversation is, now my parents look to me advice and you start i don't think it's fair but as a male you start to become more of a center uh, even throughout the whole male community Mm -hmm. even with like extended family and there's this weird shit that happens you go to family (laughs) family dinners or whatever or holidays and (laughs) floor makes fun of me because they they make special food for me (laughs) you like you can't serve yourself (laughs) Clean up your plate. the the male thing is it needs to be worried about a little bit. I don't know. it. <laughs> a, do. a lot of it. You when we go to our
0: family parties, on my side of the family, my aunts are like, "Why aren't you fixing him a plate? Like he has two hands, he can fix it himself." I'm not. not gonna Leave him, him alone.
1: They get mad at Floor for the dumbest shit, which like they don't they don't understand or they don't get. Well, They're well, on they old raised, old culture. Yeah.
0: It was always the woman took care of the man in the house. Would never let him lift a finger to do any of you're the, not, the...
1: You're house. not allowed to do shit at home <laughs> as but a Latino male. This is
0: not happening in our
1: house. <laughs> uh, We're working on it. <laughs> Okay, so now towards the end of it, of like... You need to understand that. And I think I maybe missed a couple spots of like... What year was this my mom had a stroke? Like three four. Four years ago? Maybe four years ago. I think almost four years ago. So we are all one emergency away from financially collapsing. And four years ago my mom had a stroke. And this is out of the blue, out of nowhere. She chronically suffers from migraines. So you go from two incomes to one income. She can't work for what, I don't know, two years. Yeah. Uh, I can't help her, Floor can't help her, Flor's parents can't help her, and my dad kind of can help. So you're stuck in the situation of like, helplessness. Uh, and there's big hits like that all the time. Yeah. Getting caught illegally here for some, sh- like, and just families collapsing. Um, and I'm, where I wanted to kind of start ending this story is verbalizing how grateful I am for everything that we have. I'm fortunate enough to start working with my mom and start cooking food. Hey mom, you can cook food. Why haven't we done this before? So we started meal prepping. Um, she's a little better now. Yeah, she's a lot better now. 80, 90% recovered, happy, being able to, I think this is one of the most beautiful things has happened with our family to where started a business together and my younger sister helps and her friends help and they're all in the kitchen and they're all yelling at each other, which I smile about because they're having to figure out how to communicate and work together. Spending family time. Spending family, family time, like regardless of what it is, no matter how mad people are at each other, they're still together. Like you you still come home like, fucking hate that person, I'm not talking to that person, but I'm here at dinner. Like for the craziest shit. And you're like not allowed not to be there. You gotta be there. You gotta sit down with everyone. Um, so I'm I'm really happy and grateful for that. I'm happy and grateful to to lead lots of groups of communities of all races and when we emphasize the the Latino thing just to share the Latino perspective. Um, I think our biggest achievement is Lucas getting into Crossroads. Oh yeah.
0: Being able to present him those opportunities as well.
1: And like being able to go to preschool. We didn't go to preschool. Him going to preschool was insane. Going to a, a, an awesome preschool, Floors preschool, Piper's preschool. And we laugh about this because the kids parties that we go to now are <laughs> Beverly Hills, Bel Air, Brentwood, like you can just imagine the the type of parties and and the people that we now hang out with because of the progress that we have made, and we laugh about it and we tell Lucas about it. I think he has a good understanding at age six and kind of seeing all sides of the family and being able to go to Mexico and how they live. Because like when you go to Mexico, you're like, oh yeah, we're Mexican. Like I. Like, my godparents, I'd, I've only seen, like, five times. The last time I seen them was when I was 16. And I remember going to their house, and the, the the floor is a dirt floor. Yeah. On the side of the mountain. Yeah.
0: Pretty sure the town that I'm from still doesn't have cave roads. And still have it's still dirt roads. It's just dirt <laughs> roads.
1: And when we go there, they think we're, like, celebrities because of the clothes that we wear. Right? Because, like, Hollywood is 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 media across the world yeah so we know all these things we interact all these things so like they think we're superstars oh yo (laughs) yo we're We're nobody we're just trying to make it too um so i think that was one of our greatest moments of having the capacity and the know-how right because now we know how to navigate through all these systems because in the beginning you're like i don't know how to fill out these financial aid papers uh I don't know, I gotta go to Wells Fargo and get a private loan, and now I'm in this deep hole, but now knowing what we know and that we can even read and articulate and are literate enough to fill out the papers is a huge step. It's like an insane step, and to get (laughs) into school, a private school, is a lot of steps. I don't think you guys know that. Like, it's a full-time job during those six months. Like
0: college applications.
1: It's college applications, but it makes a huge difference. Uh, so it's really cool to get Lucas into the school that Floor went to. Uh, they do a, a, a freaking great job, and being able to have baby number two come in as Latino Americans in LA. Who've been married
0: for almost. Who've been and, and been married for years. Years. Almost,
1: seven years. almost seven years together for almost ten years, and. Very proud and on the forefront of. You guys can do it, and all the fucking excuses and all the external factors, are bullshit stories that you're telling yourself. You're getting in the way of your fucking self, and our story is not even that sad. Like <laughs> we know way more Latinos who have a way worse story. I'm not trying to tell the story to 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 feel sorry for us. Telling it to either motivate you and keep going in your journey, or give perspective uh, on others and kind of see what the mindset and their struggles and the suffering that they have to go through. Like I know kids that are the sole provider for the whole family. You no, know, kids are here without their parents. Haven't seen their parents. Uh, we're fortunate to have enough. As many family members as we do, that's true. And Floor's a citizen now, like even even that set is nuts. So if we can help, reach out. If you want to talk about some shit? Let me know. Here to help. Here to motivate. Here to inspire. Talk about some shit. If you want to tell your story, let me know. We can talk about it. Put you on the podcast. Maybe share perspective share advice share your story maybe we do this in spanish next time whatever the thing is thank you for listening babe you got anything else
0: um yeah some last words i guess as we close this up and we're talking about how people struggle and people may have it worse than you um all over the place i think with everything that's happening in the world right now I've seen a lot of people complaining about things that are super minor in comparison to what others might be going through. So next time you pick up your phone and want to complain or post that thing about complaining and how this shitty situation is affecting you personally, think about what you are contributing to society at this point. Are you also doing your part so that we can be done with this and move on and get back to our regularly programmed lives? That is all.
1: (laughs) Contribute, help, appreciate what you have. Appreciate what you have, always.
0: See ya.